Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Nickish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi, and Faiz here on this Wednesday, September 7th edition of the show. We're back to business. Summer's pretty much at the end. School's back in session. Everyone's coming back to the office. And the New York Knicks, once again, didn't land the star player that they wanted. But we've had plenty of time to digest the news and discuss what the latest is with the Knicks. But first, you know the drill. Check out our apparel on nick-ish.com. Cop yourself some Nickish apparel, but more importantly, subscribe so you know the latest news for all things Nickish. We're releasing brand new snapbacks this month and restocking all of our hoodies, so keep a close eye out. Now, bringing in my partner, Nafi. What's going on, man? What the How hell is this, man? I didn't agree to these bad vibes to start the episode. Talk about, like, once again, we miss a star player. Hey, man. Come on. Let's I mean, ease gotta, into it first, ooh, but you gotta keep it a little real, you know. <laughs> don't even don't even ask me how I'm doing. Don't even say you know get any pleasantries. You're like once again, Nick's He's trying to big. set the tone. Trying to set the tone here. Yeah, we're, we're, we're eventually gonna episode, be. Right? Yeah. It's gonna be that kind of episode. Mm-hmm. Some um, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. A harbinger of doom. Actually, no, the doom already happened. Um, I'm doing good. I think I don't know if you asked me that, but I'm doing good, <laughs> relatively speaking. You know what I mean? How you doing, Faiz? Get in, get, get in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm doing half decent. Mo kind of killed the vibe, you know? Right? From, what the hell? Vibes are <laughs> not This motherfucker is... I don't, I don't blame Mo for, for what he said, but it, it is what it is, you know? Like, can't, can't do much. Yeah, so I guess we got to get into it, fellas. Bros, I don't know if y'all have heard. That, I mean, that was Mo like the darkest intro. Out. You could just God tell everyone. Right? Like, <laughs> the whole mood. Is, you talk about a wet it blanket. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> talk about a wet blanket. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm really not, though. But that's really what it does feel like. You know what I mean? Reality slapped us in the face. And, you know, after a summer of us kind of feeling like, yo, Donnie was ours. It was all just like a staring match. One of the suitors that uh, at least I had clowned as a possibility, Cleveland. Came in and uh, yeah, snatched up our boy. You know what I mean? Our our, our presumed boy, aka Donovan Mitchell, is now a Cleveland Cavalier. And as that happened, literally every headline, including Woj's initial tweet, was about how the Knicks lost. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm disappointed we didn't get Donnie, but I want to get y'all take on it first. I mean, I know we talked about it offline, but you know, first real reaction right now. What was your initial reaction to seeing the Woj bomb? And yeah, how you feeling now? How you feeling, Faiz? Um, I mean, I- I'm disappointed. Like, it's it's hard to say anything besides disappointed. It'd be kind of like disingenuous to say anything besides disappointed, just because like you know we were hyping up this this as if it was it was already done. And like you know, in hindsight, and it just really sucks that we're in hindsight again. Like we, we did this before. We did this with KD, where the whole entire media was like, "He's yours. He's yours. He's yours." And then he wasn't ours. And I feel like we should have learned, but it's just the excitement, the, 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 you know, temptation of a star player, like blindsided us again. And, you know, there's no one to blame but myself. Why did I believe the big bad <laughs> media? I feel like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers, you know, Don't the big do. bad media, the big bad media did it again, you know, like. If, if blame anyone, if you're going to blame anyone, blame Danny Ainge. You know I mean, that's sick motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mo, how you feeling? 
I don't know. It, it all feels like a giant conspiracy against the Knicks. It's just no matter what, <laughs> no matter what they do, the Knicks will Knicks fans will always watch. They'll always keep track. They'll always go to the games, and it, it feels a, it feels very reminiscent to the whole Knicks got ninety seven percent chance of landing KD and Kyrie to. You know, they're gonna they're almost guaranteed to get Donovan Mitchell. They have the best package. There's no second place. There's no one even close. And then next thing you know, Donovan Mitchell is, you know, is being traded to the Cavs per the Woj bomb. And you know, I, I was disappointed that it didn't work the way we thought for months, literally months that would, it, it would work out. But um, and we'll get into the exact deal and you know what it was, but you know, part of me was happy that, or relieved rather that it's done. We don't have to talk about it anymore, really until the, after this episode, that's, that's it. It's a wrap. We're not talking about Donovan Mitchell no more. And um, a part of me is also relieved that we didn't trade away RJ Barrett, who we thought for the longest time wasn't on the table for Donovan Mitchell. And now we get to keep our boy. We get to keep all our, of our, all of our young core players that we wanted to keep. And we still have our war chest of assets that we could use for another disgruntled player there will be another player that comes up and one that could and most likely will be better than donovan mitchell again i have been saying it episode after every every episode he's barely a top 20 player in the nba there will be a player that's better than him that's going to come up again and there's always an interest with the knicks i'm just disappointed that the media again kind of steered us one way into thinking that we're almost guaranteed this deal and you know shame on me and like vice shame for you know for thinking that it could work out again but it's the same year, same kind of result where the Knicks just don't get what they want. And then there's going to be the, the narrative is going to be LOL Knicks, you know, whether the Knicks made that trade or not, it would have been LOL Knicks, but it's uh, it's, it sucked. It sucked to see that it didn't work out, but overall, you know, I'm content with the, with the roster we have and I'm ready to move forward to, to the preseason, man. How you feeling about the fact, like, I mean, Faiz alluded to it, right. Or like, seems like RJ was on the table. How you feeling about that, Mo? Like, just his name. We thought he was untouchable. I know us as, like, very biased Knicks fans and RJ stands didn't want to imagine the idea that he was even being entertained. You know what I mean? We, like, when Sham said that Utah didn't have any interest in paying RJ, we bought that shit. You know what I mean? But the, to now, like, these latest reports up until, like, was it, like, the ninth hour, seem RJ was on the table in the packages, right? So how you feeling about that, Mo? I, man, that should bum me out because I thought – we all thought that RJ was off the table, but when you see that the guy who has been the best player drafted to the Knicks since probably Patrick Ewing is on the table for Donovan Mitchell, who again is not a top caliber player when, you know, RJ bears our top asset. You don't want to give up your top asset for a player who's not going to be the best player. We're not going to be a title contender with Donovan Mitchell and no RJ Barrett. What the hell are we going to do? We're going to have Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell and Randall run the show. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's going to be, that kind of flashy, like it's, it's going after that flashy object, in which case Donovan Mitchell and giving up everything. In this case, RJ Barrett is everything. He is more important than the protected picks that we have. He's more important than some of the future uh, unprotected picks that we have. You don't want to give up a player like that who wants to be here, who's built for New York. You know, a player like RJ Barrett doesn't come up plenty. There just aren't that many guys who can shoulder the responsibility and the pressure of playing under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden in New York City. You keep RJ Barrett. But his name coming in, and we'll get into how he felt about Leon Rose in the front office in a bit. But seeing his name, after, so after that tweet, there was another tweet that came out that there was a, a package that was offered earlier in July of what, RJ, OB, Mitch, and two picks, right? Something like that. Why is that coming out now 
And why was that even in play in July? Why wasn't that brought up? Like, there's, there's, like, there's a bunch of fucking weird shit that, that was going on at that yeah. time. But yeah. why are you putting on that kind of offer on the table for Donovan Mitchell, bro? <laughs> like, it's not Kevin Durant. It's not. It's not you know LeBron fucking James. It's it, it's not it's not for a player anywhere close to that. So no nah, man, I was tight that RJ Barrett was even on the table. I'm happy he got extended. I'm happy we get to keep him. And uh, fuck it, man. That's that's yeah. That's if anything, it'll it'll motivate the kid. You know what I mean? Like he's he's like a self starter, is what they say in like the real world, right? But like in the NBA world, that's like what he is. You know what I mean? He chases after his goals and he has the tireless work ethic. So if anything, it's another motivational kind of factor for him to pursue the growth we need to see from him, right? And I have full confidence in him, but just the idea that RJ was in the talks, I want to just talk about, like you had touched on it, just like these the reporting, basically. And like we were kind of led astray by the NBA media, but as the kind of news broke out that day, what you saw was a radical kind of... A, a differentiation between what reporters were saying because that whole oh the Knicks offered RJ Mitch and yada 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 in the last package for Donnie Bagley reported way back in July that the Jazz are the ones that actually requested that and the Knicks like you know what I mean like just laughed it off you know what I mean so who are we to believe you know what I mean Bagley who's like basically like plugged in as one can be with this like this tight-lipped Knicks organization or Mr. Woj, CAA, who also happens to be, you know, a, a Danny Ainge, like, sycophant, you know what I mean? Like, so, and then we got Shams in the corner trying to, like, make it a triple threat of bullshit, you know what I mean? So I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on, you know what I mean? Like, um, I I guess my main thing and my mo- most angst in this whole situation is directed towards Danny Ainge, and I'm going to tell you why. When the Rudy Gobert trade happened, I did something that most would say, is, is equal to torture, like self-torture. Y'all want to know what I did? I listened to Bill Simmons' podcast. You know what I mean? This man <laughs> been watched for a decade plus. He had Ryan Rossello on there. The two big, musty, old, white homers that will do whatever for Nanny Ainge. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. They readily and proudly admit Danny Ainge is a fucking dickhead in negotiations. They always say, as plugged in as they are, dudes that were based in Boston, they always say, motherfucker, like executives around the league motherfucking hate even dealing with Danny H, right? But they lionize it, right? With that, that stuck in my head the moment that fucking spider shit happened. And I remember, not quoting him out like verbatim, but I remember Russillo, Ron Russillo intimated something to the effect of what Ainge does is he knows, he puts it out there that the player has a, a preference, drives the price up, you know what I mean? Negotiating with that one team and then flips it when, like, that one team doesn't give him exactly what he wants and another team comes in with a strong offer, boom, he just flips that asset over. You know what I mean? Because the example he used, and it brought back memories for me, I'm going off a whole tangent, I'm the old one here, so, like, y'all going to have to forgive me. Back in 08, not 08, 07, I vividly remember. (laughs) You vividly remember 07. Dog, you know me as the basketball (laughs) motherfucking nerd. I mean, like, it's just. I mean, we all are at this point. We got a fucking mic in front of us talking about basketball. I mean, back in 07, y'all remember the KG to the Lakers rumors? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kobe and KG was going to unite. You know what I mean? That was what it was looking like. And then KG suddenly goes to Boston. You know what I mean? Danny Ainge, Russello said he used the Lakers to drive up the price to get what he wanted from Boston. And then boom, he did the okie doke. I think that's what happened here. I don't think Ainge had any as petty as he is, as, a, as much of a dickhead as he is. My theory, and it's probably been said elsewhere, but fuck them, I'm saying it now. My theory is Ainge had no intention of trading him 
Donnie to the team he wanted. He just used us to get the market rate crazy. You know what I mean? Keep saying like, you know what I mean? All these reports saying how like the Knicks have the best offers, yada, yada, yada. Get all these other teams thirsty enough to throw in all these assets. And you see what Cleveland offered, you know what I mean? That's a hell of a package, right? It worked. So being a dickhead as an executive, that shit pays. You know what I mean? So we were on the losing end of it, but not really losing because as we said from the whole summer, for consistency's sake, I want Donnie. I would love Donnie. But we cool if you don't get them. And now I'm back here. You know what I mean? Maybe if we had recorded this pod a week ago, I would be much more, you know, less rational. I don't even know if that was, I said much more or less rational. That doesn't even make sense. But I'd probably be much more emotional last week than I am right now. But that's, that's my theory or my story. And I'm sticking to it because you know what? The players involved, Leon doesn't really have much of a front office track record, but Ainge does. And these motherfuckers, I'm going to keep going back to it. Simmons and Rusillo. And you even throw Jackie McMullen in there, you know, the big trifecta of the old musty Boston trio. They all love Ainge because he's a dickhead. <laughs> you know what I mean? In these negotiations. That's what I'm going off. Of. My, my thing is that what he did was exactly how an executive should act. He got the best deal for the, for his player, for his franchise. My, my one thing, however, is that I don't think that the Cavs package was better than what the Knicks had. And that's where the, my confusion lies is, the, the package that apparently we offered of RJ, OB, Mitch back, back, back when and two first round picks unprotected was better than three unprotected and, and Colin Sexton and Lori Markman. The thing is that he didn't get exactly the number of picks that he wants, but I don't think that he didn't have the intention of trading with the Knicks. He wasn't just trying to raise up the price to trade with someone else. I think he was just trying to raise the price in general, which is what a good executive is exactly. trying to do for a rebuilding yeah, I mean- team. You throw me the alley oop. So, like, you the point guard right now, CP3. I'm Blake Griffin in 09. I'm gonna grab this shit. 09, was he playing in 09? Oh, 2011. Anyway, I'm gonna grab that shit. My thing is, my angle is it as like you could see it as being a good executive. My thing is, he's not being a good executive. This is my personal opinion because he's dealing in bad faith. If you go into a negotiation and your only intention is to get one over on who you're negotiating with at the other end of the table or just use him to drive up the price for other suitors, that's negotiating in bad faith to me. You know what I mean? And Danny Ainge, that's his MO. And yeah, Utah fans are probably happy, but I think that's the thing. The, the, the Cleveland offer that they settled on was not exactly like topping ours, right? But he kept raising the bar on what he wanted for Leon, right? Like you saw that in reporting. Like he kept coming back for more and more. Mark Stein said anytime there were negotiations was like on the on the one-yard line, whatever, like maybe it's Mark Stein, I don't know, whatever. Utah will be the one that pulled out, you know what I mean? That's to me that I read that as somebody that like is a fiend for this shit and like reads all this shit. That's Ainge's MO. He's going to fucking drive that price up with no intention of trading that star, that disgruntled star to his preferred place to get other suitors to offer up a, comp- a comparable offer. And you know what I mean? At that point, pettiness won. And you know what? I go back to remember we clowned it on a pod, I think, but like motherfucking Danny Ainge was mad that we showed up like the Knicks contingent showed up to the Utah and Dallas game. You know what I mean? Like an Ainge being like, uh, like I said, an old musty Caucasian man well past his prime. You know what I mean? With an expiration date probably for next week. He's very ornery and grumpy. You know what I mean? He remembered that shit and probably went into the negotiations as somebody with that track record of being a dickhead. He embraced his role. And I think that's my theory. You know what I mean? So, like, I could get, like, Utah fans saying he did, he did what he needed for the best of their franchise. And to be honest, that's what he did. But for me, it's it's always been fuck Danny Ainge. And it will never stop being fuck Danny Ainge. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, 
And I'll, we'll, we'll bring Faiz in. Sorry. We, we, yeah, no, I'm not going back for, 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 for I just want to clarify real quick or just, just add on a bit. I think the the team that – or the ones who will feel the ramification of this, and I agree with, with what you're saying, Nafi, that he did act in bad faith. He's not going to feel the brunt of it because he's not always going to be in Utah. The Jazz Hell are going to no. feel the brunt of it for the next decade because no one's going to want to deal with Utah because they saw how they handled things with their star player. Ain't nobody want to go to Utah in the first place, but when they see that the player that brought them to the playoffs year after year is how he was trained, he was taking a Cleveland of all places, like the fucking basement, they're not going to want, no player is going to want to go to Utah. My The other thing is that you mentioned that game that you know uh, Wesley went to, uh, sorry, yeah, Worldwide West went Utah, to, um, yeah. uh, for that, that playoff game against the Mavs. I don't, I don't think Ainge would have been a guy to, to see that happen and be like, nah, I'm not going to trade with the Knicks because they did that. I think, you know, he, he probably took, he probably kept it in the back of his mind. He's like, yo, fuck you guys. I'll raise the price as much as I can. But he, no smart executive would be like, yo, I'm not going to trade with these guys because they did that one thing five, five months ago. This man has a long standing beef with Pat Riley over. Pat Riley press conference comments <laughs> way back in 2010, 2011, whatever the fuck it was. Vaguely, that's what the story was. And now he's older and probably more petty. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Senile. It's senile. You know what I mean? Whatever the fuck is going on with him, probably decaying certain parts of his body. Who knows? But maybe his brain decaying, whatever. But I think that's what we're kind of underrating here. Or like not underrating. I feel like Nick's fans have hit on it. Danny Andrews is a sicko. That's my take. We People can be mad at Leon. I think we can move on to that if we want. But I'm pointing the finger at Ainge. That's where I sit right now. You know what I mean? He's the main culprit, at least to my eyes. I respect what you're saying. You know what I mean? But eh. what do you think of Faiz? Come here. Be the tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm inclined to agree a little bit more with Mo in terms of, like, if the Knicks ended up pulling out the Godfather offer, like, Ainge isn't going to not make the deal just because of something that happened or just because he's petty or something. I think at the end of the day, you, you guys are both right where Ainge did negotiate in bad faith. He drove the price up, but it's like one of those situations where if he's on my side, I'm going to defend that. And I'm going to be, you know, if Leon Rose is doing that, I don't really give a shit if it's, you know, there's, it's all, everything's fair in love and war, you know, like you want to get the best assets out of it. And uh, age clearly wanted more bites of the apple. And to your guys' point, I, I totally agree. Like there's reports coming out, like that Donovan Mitchell said where he wanted to go. Age wanted to spite him because he wanted out. He wanted to spite the Knicks. He got to burn two two guys, you know, two of his enemies at once. But you know, who are the Jazz are not getting free agents. They're not like the, the, the whole point of this whole situation is Ainge wants more bites of the apples to draft players who don't have a choice but to play in Utah and will probably ask out later. So it, it, it's it is what it is. It's a disappointing situation. I, I you know instead of. And I totally understand why Nafi has this anger towards Ainge, and I'm not trying to discredit it, but I'm one of those people who, not anger, but I'm going to put more of my like frustrations towards uh, Leon because, not because he didn't get the deal done, not because of anything besides the packages that were coming out. Like It was really disappointing to see that RJ Barrett was the guy that you were so like almost like steadfast on, on dropping out of the roster because he like, clearly he was the, the main part of every single deal. And yeah, you could interpret that as like, you can't get the deal done without RJ, but you know, it's frustrating to see RJ in every package, but Grimes not in any package Grimes being the untouchable. And, you know, you know, us, we've talked about it. We all love Quentin Grimes. He's this great player, but I just didn't see the untouchability of it. And I feel like, like, 
the frustration with Leon in this front office right now is like how they're valuing our players and how they're valuing players in general. Cause you know, if it does feel like a little bit that Ainge and the Cavs kind of saved the Knicks from themselves. Cause it's like, we're like, I'm agreeing with Mo where like Donovan isn't LeBron and we shouldn't be giving up all this, but it low key feels like, like Leon was very close to giving that Godfather offer in terms of RJ IQ two two unprotected picks and let, let, you know let, let's talk about it the last pick was a top five protected like that's basically an unprotected pick like the Knicks are not getting in the top five protected so like I'm having a duality of issue there where it's like you basically were willing to give the godfather offer but then you also didn't want to give up the protections on the the last pick like why were you like nickel and diming over that and it just feels like we're, we're coming to that situation where the front office, they need a shit or get off the pot. You know, like what, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to win now? Are you going with Tibbs? Are you doing all that? Or are you trying to develop young players like Obi Toppin, Emmanuel quickly get those values up. So this, like we've been saying this over and over again, this is the crossroads for this, this front office. This is where they can really like stand there, you know, show that they can be a little bit of a different front office or they're going to be the same old Knicks. And so far they've been doing great, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard not to do good when you have 20 years of shit history, you know, they've, they've done much better than what's expected, but I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, my frustrations with Leon are, are definitely there. I don't want to fire him necessarily, but the microscope is definitely on this front office right now it's, it's time to see what what the next move is i dig it but my one thing or like all fair points you kind of brought around and like fair frustrations but just to kind of hammer home the danny Ainge pettiness angle what did everybody as soon as the deal happened they're all everybody said yo don he's out of cleveland like two years you know what i mean here goes the pettiness of what may be the equalizer in terms of like our godfather offer and cleveland's best offer that got the deal through if, Dan, if, if, if Donnie leaves in like two, three years, them unprotected picks down the line are way more valuable than unprotected picks from us in the case because Donnie, Donnie will stay likely here. stay. Yeah, and, and, and then, like, well, what have we seen from his history, right? The, the major Brooklyn trade, the, the fucking, basically all his trades, he values, he fetishizes picks for good reason. You know what I mean? And in this case, his pettiness. More times than not, and this is another notch on his belt, it worked out for him. You know what I mean? Like, he got what he wanted, and he's weighing, like, the whole risk factor of Donovan Mitchell leaving Cleveland over, you know what I mean, like, Donnie coming here and our picks. He wants know. to play in a big market. It's clear that Donovan wants to exactly. play in a big so market. Exactly. So that's what Danny Ainge is weighing. You know what I mean? He thinks that, like, okay, cool, win-win. If he wants to leave Cleveland, boom, I get their shitty picks, and he goes to New York, and he gets what he wants, and I got everything I wanted in the moment now. You know what I mean? That's and, how I see it. And, and to um, clarify for listeners, like uh, Donovan, Donovan has a player option in that last year of 25, 26, I want to say. So go. he can opt out before those picks start, you know, coming out for, for the, for the jazz. So, you know, there's a chance that those picks 25, 27, 29, which are the only picks the Cavs can offer can all be a Donovan Mitch less with a team without Donovan Mitchell. And it's, it's, it's crazy because another, you know, I do, I do agree with Mo when we're talking about the Knicks packages being better in terms of RJ IQ. These are better players, but if you're looking at it picks wise, I'm 
there's no reporting on this, but I'm sure that the Knicks were trying to offer picks in 23, 25, and 27, trying to keep the picks as close as possible so we can make a trade for a later later star. But those 25, 27, 29 picks are much more enticing because they're like further down the line. So you can get more. And like, you know, as much as we want to share on Ainge, he played this chess move with the Cavs because they don't really have a lot of avenues to get better from here. Not that they really need to. They have like Darius Garland, an all-star, Jared Allen, an all-star, Evan Mobley, potential all-star. So they have a lot of upside, but let's say you want to add another player to that mix. You don't really have an avenue because you would have to either trade someone like Darius Garland, Jared Allen, or Evan Mobley, and you don't have the picks to add on to get, let's say, a Kevin Durant to like get you really over the hump. So I, I do think that the Cavs package at the end of the day fits the bill more for what Danny Ainge wanted and the, the future of the Jazz as opposed to the RJ package, which would clearly be better right now in the now because RJ – is objectively a better player than Colin Sexton. I don't want to hear that. Like, I see a lot of people like, yeah, Colin Sexton at 18 million. This, that. Shut up. Like, shut up. Don't don't start that with me. <laughs> yeah, he's a great scorer. I, I really, I like Colin Sexton. We actually even talked about getting him on our roster, but the, comparing him to RJ, like RJ is a way more complete player. Colin Sexton has a lot more flaws. So I, I don't want to hear that. I, I still think that the Knicks, Knicks drafts, future drafts would have been more enticing than the Cavs. Right. You know, the Knicks are (laughs) as much as I love RJ and all that. I think Evan Mobley probably has a higher ceiling than RJ Barrett, at least right right. now. No, he does. He does. They have three all stars. The Knicks have Randall, right? And then, and Jalen Brunson. They have three young all stars who are still. Wait, did Evan Mobley's in his. Darius Garland make the All-Star team? Yes, he did. Darius Garland made the All-Star team. So RJ is the only one out of that class of the top players, unfortunately. But wait, Mo, to your point, I'm sorry, but the Cavs do have a better track record with the lottery. Like, they do have more first picks. And what are our picks? because they're the NBA charity, bro. What the fuck? I'm just saying, though. I'm just saying. (laughs) We have two commissioners. Would you rather bet? Like, I'm speaking as a Knicks fan, but I'm trying my best to be objective. If you had to pick between a 2029 fucking seven years from now, pick between the Cavs with their three all-stars and the Knicks who always, always, almost always end up in the lottery for whatever reason. Cause it, cause it's, it is the Knicks. So do the Cavs though. And they have better luck in the lottery, man. They get the first, they got like three first picks in a row, man. That and they'd have LeBron left them twice. Kyrie left them. You know what I mean? So like Evan Mobley, like, He's going to take after his forefathers. You know what I mean? Maybe, Joakim Noah. Maybe. Fuck Joakim Noah, but he told us. It's Cleveland. What the fuck are you doing in Cleveland? Exactly. <laughs> and you know what I mean? I know Donnie didn't want to go there because he was pissed at Utah because he didn't even fucking thank the Utah organization in any of his so- social media oh, posts. Sure, he thanks the sure. fans. He never, like he never players, requested for a trade either, which is, I mean... I mean, he never, publicly, whoa, 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 whoa. he never publicly requested yeah. for a trade. Sure. You know what I mean? He, he did that shit to save face in his own life. You know what I mean? There like, were reports it, coming out that he picked Brooklyn, New York, or Miami. Those were the three teams that he wanted. Like, that's the reports that were coming out. So he clearly wanted to play for a big market team on the East. And, you know, I'm not trying to completely shit on this. Like, Donovan Mitchell showed some hype. Like, obviously, he's coming into a good situation. And, like, let's let's be frank. Like, the Cavs picked up a player like Karis LeVert, and this is why this is such a good trade for the Cavs and not for the Knicks, because they just needed a score. They have a point guard. I know that the, the small point guards aren't an ideal fit, but they have a point guard. And if there's a team that you want to do those 6-1 guards with, it's going to be a team with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Facts. You know what I mean? They were like... Let's be honest. Like, they were more set up to do this move than we were, and hence why, like, 
I'm not mad at it. You know what I mean? It's we we said it ad nauseum in all these episodes. Like that's the kind of going all in like that. It's like if we already had a bird in the hand, right. like if we already right. had our own Kawhi, then yeah, we'll right. throw throw the bag for Paul George. You know what I mean? But with, with Cleveland, that Darius Garland, you know what I mean? We got RJ, but they their biggest key factor was lucking into Evan Mobley in the lottery. And you know what? Kudos to them for that because he's looking like a generational defender at least. And mm-hmm. you got small guards. They've got the infrastructure and the whole ecosystem to fucking support these motherfuckers, right? And, and Donovan only makes Mobley better as an offensive talent, too, in my opinion. And you, you know, you don't. We talked about it before. The the whole like this is the funniest part to me. Like it's like Mo said, if we got him, it'd be Lil Knicks. If we didn't get him, it'd be Lil Knicks because the fit was just not there for the Knicks. Jalen Brunson, like as much as we love him as a point guard, he's not a pure point guard. And then. Donovan Mitchell, again, not a pure point guard, but Darius Garland isn't a pure point guard, but he falls more towards that point guard lane. So they don't need Donovan Mitchell to do all the reps in terms of, you know, like passing the ball out and whatnot. So they're just in a, in a much more comfortable uh, situation. And it makes even someone shitty like Isaac Okoro better because they don't need him for offense anymore. Someone said, I seen a tweet that was like, yo, they got to get like uh, Donovan Mitchell and, um, Donovan Mitchell and uh, Darius Garland got to get uh, Isaac Okoro a new watch because he's like the offensive lineman. You know, because <laughs> you know, he's basically just going to be tackling motherfuckers out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think the funny thing is that no Knicks fan is pissed at the Cavs at all. No, I don't think no. I only have seen a single uh, Knicks fan who's pissed at the Cavs for making this move because they're going to be a good ass team at the end of the day. I want to I want to touch do. a little bit more on my my thoughts on Leon in the front office because. This is our first let, let, let me let me interject real yeah. quick, and like my question is gonna lead to that. It's like, how do you feel about Leon in the front office with like what Faiz touched on the whole idea of that Grimes was the untouchable over RJ? How you feel about that, and then kind of like lead that into your Leon thoughts? Yeah, um, I guess I guess we'll start on on the Grimes thing because you know Grimes must have something on Leon that we don't know about. You know, he I don't know if he got his social security number in his pocket or or what what he got. I I, I don't know. I don't know, but for some reason, he was the only, not just RJ, but every other young core Knicks player on the on the roster was placed in an offer. You, At one IQ, point, Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson Obi, Obi, Obi Toppin. The only player that wasn't put in was, was Grimes, which we knew from the summer league time that he was highly coveted from, from the Jazz front office, that they really wanted this kid who, you know, was a pick number 16. He is not better than RJ Barrett right now. He's like 23, no? Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's not even a lotto pick, basically. Exactly. Yeah, basically. Down to it. Like. So, so no, I um, he better be a starter. You know, Evan yeah, Fournier better be coming off the bench after all. That's this. the weirdest part. Like the yeah. the whole season, you didn't want to bench Evan Fournier because you paid him so much, but now. Grimes is untouchable. Like Mo said, he better fucking start the first the first game of the season. That shit is frustrating, man. Like, yeah. so right. with that, you know. Transition that to real just, quick though, because I, I feel like you guys are kind of on the same boat with that Grimes taking out. I may be out on an island, but my thing is the whole "quote unquote" untouchable aura that Grimes has right now. I think it's it's kind of silly to be kind of diplomatic about it because to me, as somebody that's said from mad episodes, Leon is a pragmatic motherfucker, and to me, and why I'm not so pissed about RJ being in the rumors. The most pragmatic move is for him to be as cold-hearted as possible and look at RJ with, with his contract coming up and saying, you know what, we're willing to deal you for a better player in Donnie, who happens to be 25. And this leads into kind of weighing Grimes more as a valuable asset because what all the reporting say Danny Ainge wanted. He wanted rookie-controlled, cost-controlled contracts. Grimes has a whole three years left. Everybody else has like two, right? IQ, 
Obi. RJ only has one year left. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's Grimes is untouchable. I think Leon, being as pragmatic as he is, he valued that full scale three years of rookie contract, you know, controlled financial, you know, financial control for a future deal down the line. And obviously for his fit in terms of uh, as a three and D kind of like hand in glove fit next to more high usage star players. That's my take. I don't think Grimes is untouchable. I just think in this scenario, he was a guy that kind of like, hit all those check boxes they needed in case like we did win that Donnie like sweepstakes. Right. And yeah, that's just my take. You know what I mean? I, it, it may seem like I'm caping for Leon, but I, I, I do generally believe I'm not going to sacrifice a deal to get Donovan Mitchell just to save quit. Like the, the talent <laughs> level needs to also match the kind that, of opportunity you're trying it's... to make. Like, so Quentin I'm... Grimes is a great shooter, solid defender, but that's, that's all we've seen from him so far. Like you can't, you can't risk the contract about, for, we are hearing for about the playmaking upside from Quinn exactly. Grimes. Exactly. I, I mean, five star recruit out of high school. I'm just Listen, saying, guys, but I'm RJ Barrett. To, this isn't this I'm isn't a shit on Grimes pod, bro. <laughs> I'm not here to shit on Grimes. Like at the end of the day, if we get Grimes to start alongside RJ and Jalen Brunson, I'm feeling much more confident about that than Evan Fournier. Like I love Grimes. I want to see him on this team. I want him to be successful. We've talked about him as an Allen Houston type of prospect. You know, like he could be that guy for us but it's just a frustration of like just not even what like you threw every single person's name but not quitting grabs like it's just the optics of it and i know like that shouldn't be everything and i that's why i'm with nafi like i totally get what you're talking about there is some pragmatism to this but the optics of this was not good and that's that's what really puts leon under this microscope because we've seen him push all the chips towards the the middle of the table for guys like Jaden ivy guys like donovan mitchell and like it's like Quentin Grimes isn't one of those chips you're willing to let go. And that's, it's just like we said earlier, it's the talent evaluation. Now I'm really hoping that, you know, this take my take ages really like sour milk and Leon Rose's shit ages like fine wine. And Quentin Grimes ends up being this, like even if he averages like 14 a game and guarding most of the best defenders, or if he makes one all NBA defense, like, I'd be that, that's a pretty good, you know, because it's not, we're not talking about just giving up Quentin Grimes. We'd be talking about giving up Quentin Grimes, another player, and three first round picks. Like, you know, if, if they're asking for three first round unprotected first round picks for RJ, you're asking for three first round picks for uh, Quentin Grimes as well. So, you know, it, it's not just Quentin Grimes, it's the whole package overall. So, yeah. I'm hoping Leon. I'm hoping Leon looks good out of this. I'm, I'm hoping he and, looks smart. And that's that's my thing with, with Leon and, and the front office. I think. At this moment, like for you know, this is our chance. This was our chance to see him and how he reacts and how his front office reacts when they have an opportunity in front of them to land a star player. I think he has too many decision makers in that front office. I think there are too many people talking right now. There, there's Thibodeau, there's Scott Perry, there's Will, there's West, there's Worldwide West, there's there's Brock Oller, there's James Dolan, there's that's that. Oh, like, don't forget, by the way, a half dozen people right the, there. The guy getting picked into, up. The guy they picked up from Minnesota was apparently one of the guys who was very vocal in this trade talks, and he was the one. What's his to name? Guys. I don't even know his name. Ersan Rosas, get his name you. right. The he, horny he's cartoon wolf. Really cool yes. Leon Rose. So that's like seven people you listed off right there, man. That's and so, I, and that and that like that leads back in, and it makes me think back to the Gordon Hayward situation where we we continue to get saved from potential like issued like problematic trades if they if they were successful in getting Donovan Mitchell and losing RJ Bear plus picks plus Obi and whomever else that would have been in in hindsight probably a bad trade if we got Goran Hayward and signed to that 
that contract that Charlotte ended up giving him, that would have been a bad contract. But we were t- we were trying to get Gordon Hayward, and thankfully we we missed out on that. And Donovan Mitchell, we didn't get. We, we would have we been in a position where we're on Gordon Hayward and Randall contracts. Two exactly. contracts right now. My that thing I'm, is, though, like, I'm gonna flip that into a positive because to me, good leaders empower those below them. And at the end of the day, Leon's the last decision maker and from what all the reporting told me from what all the reporting told me nice with him bro no no no. from what all the reporting told me brock oller through every kind of negotiation we've been in since for two years he's always maintained the stronghold on our assets and you know what our assets are in place we compile we flip them you know what i mean so to me it may be frustrating to people outside of the bubble but like they're running like a Fortune 500 company. I'm, I'm just like, that's how I read it as. You know what I mean? You got, you got your executive and then you got his team below him and he'll gauge opinions. He'll literally, he has a fucking think tank. He's going to gauge all ranges of opinions. We got Tibbs on one side of the, the table. We got Brock on the other side. We got all people scattered. And at the end of the day, he's going to make his own choice, right? And I think at the end, at, I'm going to lean on the fact that Ainge is a dickhead and two, Leon handled this as best as he could because I'm also of the opinion they didn't expect Donovan Mitchell to become available this summer. And I feel like that goes no, to that goes yeah. to my age pettiness, like um, like whole take. There was a re I said at the time, like it was weird how like the Brunson signing got announced, and then boom, like six, like two hours later, Donnie is like available for a trade. At the time, I was like, what does this mean? Does this mean we're gonna get Donnie? No, now I'm looking at it with in retrospect. Ainge did that shit on purpose. We got Brunson finalized. We didn't expect Ain't, like Donnie to be available until like you know midseason or next year, and then boom, he's available as soon as like the ink is dry on the Brunson con- contract. So there are Knicks fans that are gonna. I don't blame them. You know what I mean? I'm not here to please fans and how they feel. But my take is, Ainge above all is the dickhead here, and I'm not gonna like sh- a shit on Leon. I'm not gonna say he's on the hot seat, but I will say. My one caveat, and I'm going to throw this out here to, like, at least, like, save myself so I don't look like too much of a, like, you know, a a dick sucker, for lack of a better word, (laughs) is I do think Leon's going to be scrutinized because you look at Dolan, especially after the last, what, three front offices, after three years, you're done. You know what I mean? Like, Phil, Mills, you know what I mean? And before that, it was Gren Gunwald, and before that, it was Donnie Wallace. They get that three years. And if they don't have like the results or if like that third season is like some hot trash, they out of there, right? If this season goes left and we're looking at another lottery season, I'm not saying Leon's probably getting fired, but similar to what I said at the end of last season, I think Leon specifically kept Tibbs on staff for a moment like this going into his third year. We're like, yo, the yes. shit is hot. The block is mm-hmm. hot. I'm throwing Tibbs overboard. You know what I mean? Boom, you can't get, fire me. He, he's going to get the second coach. Most of these Knicks uh, front offices that you mentioned, they always get like a second coach opportunity. And you're definitely right. Like we, we've mentioned it before. And it was even, it was more before this. We mentioned that if by Christmas, you know, the Knicks aren't off to a great start, that they will likely fire Tibbs. But it's as clear as day. And honestly, that's another reason there's a little frustration with Leon because like we liked Tibbs because it seemed like they were very aligned in terms of what they wanted, but now it's starting to feel more and more like Tibbs is a little bit on the outside. And I like the decision makers like Brock Aller, World Wide West. I feel like they're, you know, all the good things that have come out of the Knicks, like Emmanuel quickly, the, you know, the Brock Aller deals, those have all come from that side, but Tibbs is on the other side, you know, trying to get guys who are like older, you know, trying to get his guys in. And I feel like Tibbs, like, 
what we're saying is we're like as like fans who are following the team, we're closely looking at Leon Rose because that's who we have the expectations for. But right now, the hot seat is on Tibbs. Tibbs is right under the burner, and you can tell because he's using his little mouth puppet, his meat puppet, Mark Berman, to come out and say things like, "I really believe in Obi Toppin." You know, that's the guy because he wants to appease the fans. He wants to. He he knows what we want to hear, and man. The opener is going to be tough, man. Julius Randle coming out, like, he's going to get boozed, man. Do, if do if the front office can't, <laughs> he's going to get Julius this episode Because I feel like a lot's been let out. We could table Julius if y'all are with it. Like, we because apparently that seems to be the next course of action. And you know what? If it there better was no be. Donnie, sweepstakes, or whatever, we, I said from the top, like, yo, my ideal summer, you know what I mean? We keep Mitch. Maybe we get Bronson, but get, get Randle out of here. You right. know what I mean? And maybe my venom towards Randall has lessened because obviously we haven't seen some places like was it May, April, whatever. But as soon as the season starts, I feel like me and a lot of Knicks fans, as soon as he gets back to what he, you know, the burger, typical he is. Randall shit, that's when the hate's going to come back. And I don't think the front office wants that, especially after kind of like the sore spot we we're in right now after losing, losing out on Donnie. So. That's how that's how I feel about Randall. I don't know if y'all want to expand on it, but I'm, I'm I feel like we got a lot out, yo. This is like therapy. This reminds you of like when we we you know the KD shit, the fucking Porzingis <laughs> trade. You know what I mean? It was, it's good to just talk it out, fellas. You know what I mean? I yeah. will say like I, I definitely do feel much better about this than the KD trade and and the Porzingis trade because out of those we didn't still have like it's not like we were left with a lot in the tank still like for all the Knicks fans who are upset and frustrated. Remember, we still have the best young core that the Knicks have had in 20 years. We still have the treasure chest of assets. And you know, it's really weird. Like you're hearing guys like David Aldridge come out, say like, we should have like the Knicks should now consolidate all these picks into another shitty player. Like, I don't know. Like we didn't he lose. He said Buddy healed him uh, and, yeah, and fucking Miles Turner. Yo, like, come on, no, I like David on. Aldridge, bro. Well, come on, come man. On. Like, <laughs> just because we didn't use these picks right now doesn't mean they just evaporate into thin air. Like we have a lot of opportunities to use them. And honestly, more than using them towards gearing up for another all-star, it might not be a bad idea to use them to move up in the draft. Like we try to do with Jaden Ivy. Remember like when we tried to do it for Jaden Ivy, the only extra assets we had were really the Dallas pick and some extra second round picks. Now we're looking at other other first that we have because we moved out of that 11th pick a player who likely wouldn't have even seen minutes in a rotation that cam reddish can't even crack into you know what i mean so uh we have more assets to move up in the draft or possibly go for another star player but i I really i want to see the knicks take a different course of action than what they've regularly taken i feel like moving up for another guy would be cool to add on to this young roster that we have like once you take out evan fournier and and randall from this roster it's a really really young roster i think like besides derrick rose obviously i think obi's like the oldest guy on the team after that like i think he was the oldest guy when he joined the team as a rookie but <laughs> <laughs> fair point i mean it's hard to be optimistic I mean, now I feel like it's easier to be optimistic after like a week removed from the Donnie trade happening. Right. But you know what I mean? I feel like there's still a lot of people out there that are sore. So, Mo, how you feeling? Like, you know, are you on the optimistic side or are you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm content. It's hard to imagine us even word. making a play in tournament with this roster. Not not because it's a bad roster, but because the rest of the East is so strong. Mm. Now that the Cavs have elevated. I mean, the plan is up to the 10 seed. So, like, you know, am I saying that they're going to make 7 8? I don't think so. But we had the 11th pick and we was ass. 
Yo, we were asked last it's year. It's going to be a fight to to even get to 9, 10, in my opinion. I mean, the Knicks cause... are better than the teams like the Wizards, the Hornets. You know, like the Hornets don't have uh, Miles, Miles Bridges or whatever. He's not going to be playing. So, you know, That's hey, maybe it. LaMelo. But like the, those two and the Pacers, that, that brings us to a 12. I think we're better than those teams. Yeah, that brings us to 12. We're better and than then, the Pistons. I think we're better than the Pistons right now. Well, I mean, I think we're better than the Pistons here. Yeah, like I like the Pistons' young core, and I think they have the potential to surpass us later. But right now, I, I like the Knicks making the 9-10 wouldn't be surprising to me. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they make the play-in, which okay. it's all right. You know, it's all right. I really you – know we always go back to it. I wish they didn't make like, – obviously that year was fun where they made the four seed, but that expectation now got us like on a high. Like if they never did that, if they make the play in next year, it doesn't look so bad. Like three years, that's that's growth. Like, you know, you don't do anything. You don't do anything. You make the play in. You're, you're working your way up. So I'm not completely mad. Like, like to answer Nafi's question that was directed to Mo, like I will say like um, – I'm optimistic on this roster. I'm optimistic on this team. I think they'll perform much better than expectation has, even though the expectation is low. I'm a little pessimistic on the front office. It's just, just a bit. Yeah. So, so I'm content with a team. I'll be optimistic as if Randall's off the team. Once Randall's off the team, I can tell you with positivity, I am an optimistic Knicks fan, but right now, for now <laughs> I'm content. You know, we got Jalen Brunson. We got, we, you know, we don't have those vets that are going to be taking up the minutes anymore. We still got our young, young studs. We still got our, all of our assets, all of our picks. You know, it's, it's still, we've seen much, much worse not that long ago. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that's, that's what it is. You know, shout out to, shout out to Adam Silver because he really made this whole thing into a soap opera. I was talking about like rumors <laughs> and like fucking like him talking to another person and like, Everyone trying to backstab the other. Like this, this is some this is some Game shit. of Thrones, man. We got the Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, Adam Silver's a yeah. sicko too. He's not being the sicko allegations. He fucking put like you, you, you put the national TV schedule also versus Utah. That game is ass now. Who's gonna see that? All star game in Utah, by the way. All star be replaced, bro. They gotta replace that shit so fast. Flex. They're gonna flex. They that just cancel the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Both teams have had enough. This has been a long summer. Don't even play the game. Just give it's it a draw. Loss. <laughs> not even. There's an L for both of them. <laughs> L because we lost to Donnie sweepstakes. L for Utah because they're fucking Utah. You know what I mean, I will say, you know, I'm just glad that none of us here are being unrealistic. Like, I'm glad that there's like a, a realism with the disappointment about not getting Donovan. Like, it's not like, you know, we're coming out here like, yeah, man, I never wanted Donovan Mitchell on this <laughs> roster. Like, come on. Like, fans nah, coming out saying that. Ugh. One thing I wanted to avoid, and I feel like we all did a good job. But, like, I didn't want to downplay Donnie because that would be disingenuous. He's a good-ass player, and I would have loved to have him when I, I believed in his upside to grow into what he could be. And we'll, it, it's still – the door's still open. We'll see. I don't think he's going to want to stay in Cleveland because who the fuck stays in Cleveland? LeBron was born there, and like I said, he lit, left twice. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Want a chip there and left. Kyrie left. Like, Kevin Love has been begging to leave. Like Right? And then, like, the team became good. He's like, all right, I could suck it up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> – Donnie has no connection to Cleveland aside from like, I don't know. I saw some screenshot floating that when he was, bro, that was a LeBron said, Jersey, bro. Everybody had a LeBron Jersey at that yeah, time. Yeah. That right? and like, they said like some poll, like, I don't know if I thought it was like Photoshop, but it was like when he was like a kid, there was like, you know, those like superlative quotes or like, like questions like, Oh, who's your favorite sports team? And he put the Cleveland Cavaliers or whatever as a kid. And I was like, cause they fucking had LeBron bro. Was yeah. Like right. Six years like, old, like wasn't LeBron seeing the best team in the NBA. Like, exactly. That's, that's I think like that whole, bro. like a, a, a pause with a spin was just, like his team putting in a word. Yeah, like, he, narrative. I heard some shit that he was super excited when, you know, he found out that these guys didn't get traded. Like, 
he's in a good situation. That's all it is. Like, he's not happy that he's in Cleveland. He's happy he gets to play alongside, you know, an up-and-coming young team. Like, say it for what it is. That's why we haven't shared on the Cavs. They're a good team. Like, they made not a right bad. move for Win-win themselves. for them. Like, yeah. I like this move. And, like, and I saw a take on TikTok, and I'm going to have to agree with it. Like, I know everyone's going to be like, oh, homers, you guys are just going to shit on the Hawks and the Bulls because you hate them. But it's just honesty. Like, they traded for a guy like DeJounte Murray using those three picks, and – they could have had someone like Donovan Mitchell. And don't don't play me right now. Don't try to pretend like if Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell weren't on the same team, the NBA wouldn't go fucking insane. No, DeJounte man. Murray does not. He's a fucking reserve all-star. Don't like you don't put that asterisk on his shit. Okay. <laughs> like be honest with yourselves, guys. Like now, all of NBA Twitter would have nut themselves if like Donnie and like Trey Young was a thing. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like you're comparing Trey Young against Donnie. If they were on the same roster, like and I feel like this just kind of further enhances our takes, like the, the rankings we had on the Eastern Conference. Like, we weren't really high on the Cavs because they were still an up-and-coming team, but we were low on the Bulls and the Hawks. And, hey, man, this just further cements that. So, Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to rudely I guess chime. even when we're losing, we're winning, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to rudely chime in earlier, but now it's a golden opportunity to bring it back up. Like, I'm going to doubt the Bulls again. You know what I mean? When we're having the whole, like, 10 seed, like, conversation, like, five minutes ago. If I doubted him last year, I'm gonna doubt him a year when Demar is a year older. Come on now, come on yeah, now. Yeah, a born and bred Demar Lonzo, hater. Like, you don't know if Lonzo's gonna play basketball anymore. He like... still plays basketball. Lonzo Ball still a thing. What? He's not playing basketball for the season opener, bro. I thought he was just living off like residual checks from Lamelo now because Lamelo's blown up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, man, right, whatever. I don't want to do that Mark Berman nasty shit, but SGA and Lamelo Ball looking like the next targets. Nah, don't <laughs> not do that. Don't do Let's that. Not do that yet. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, guys. I need a latch on to something. Catch me again in the fall. I'm going <laughs> full blown SGA. <laughs> SGA stand. I mean, I'm gonna pretend like I've been watching Oklahoma hey, City for like we, four years. We would have the Toronto boys, you know, RJ and SGA backcourt. He just Yo. has too. There's too much team control on the contract. You know, that's that's the only reason I haven't been like adamant like on it but five years 200 mil or whatever like astounding amount that is like yeah, it's, it's, it, that it was already like? tough enough to try to get a guy like donovan with only like three years of team control so like you're going into four or five years and on top of that okc is already hoarded with picks they're not really enticed by right they gave us picks at this draft right. yeah, not... <laughs> you know what i mean like we're gonna give them back they're looking to, them, to like, consolidate <laughs> they're looking to consolidate those picks let's not even go there right now let's let's deal like to kind of put a bow on it we, we re-sign RJ, re-sign Mitch, and we got an upgraded point guard. Last bit is we get Julius out of here. We get open up that time for Obi, consolidate the roster so the youngins get to play. Perfect summer. You know what I mean? If the Donnie shit never even came to fruition, wasn't even a rumor, wasn't even a thought bubble in any NBA reporter's head, we'd all be happy. You know what I mean? It's always been fucked Danny age. So always, I'm, I'm always with you. forever. I'm with you. Yeah. On the bright side, we uh we get Nick's basketball in less than a month. Preseason starts October 4th. And then training. I don't know when training camp starts. It's gonna be this month. I think it's end of September. So we're gonna have real basketball real soon. And uh for everyone listening, you could wear Nickish apparel to these games. Uh, we are gonna be releasing our new hoodies real soon, and we're gonna be restocking our classic logo hoodies. Um, if you haven't seen our remix logo, make sure you check it out on our Instagram page at Nickish NYC. Make sure you follow the page, check it out. It's a dope picture. And, uh, we'll be releasing those snapbacks later this month, probably in about a week or so. 
And uh, so shout out to CP the artist. You know what I mean? Impeccable. Straight. Like not even uh, just for that design, but just like yo, y'all should check out his IG. Like straight elite heat, talent, man. Oh elite my God. talent. You know what I mean? So nice. yeah, props to him for hooking us up. You know what I mean? It was it was a pleasure to do business with him. Mm-hmm. So make sure you guys subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple. Give us that five star review and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NickishNYC. Subscribe to our website, nick-ish.com. You'll get the latest news for all things Nickish, uh, for all of our new apparel, articles, podcasts, and such. And that's it. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.